Oh, where's Don? Who? Don, he's not here. Is he not? Quick. Nah. You know what we need to do? <laughs> Read the drink. Get on. Should I do, should I do the intro? He'll go nuts. Yeah, Hi, I'm Dan Jones, and welcome to the Wireless Podcast. I'm here with Christian Roberts, Alan Blake, and, well, I'm done. <laughs> Shit, he's coming! Run! Guys, are you fucking taking the piss? <laughs> Do you know what you're talking about? Alan, get out from behind the bar. Get out from behind the bar. Sorry. Oh. Worst intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Our role play there was on point. That needs to stay. <laughs> we can't take ourselves too seriously. I, I, I'm not redoing it. That was fine. That was the best Somerset accent I've ever heard from a Geordie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Ryan, he's sat in a bed let's, <laughs> let's, let's hear that again, Ryan. Go on. Hi, I'm Dan Jones. <laughs> I like shut house nerf de pop with a little bit of cheese caviar I sit on the Cheddar Hills and that is the accent of anybody southern apparently yeah, yeah. apparently do your Welsh one now Brian oh somebody better ring the head loo <laughs> To be fair, that, that was much better than yours, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? We scored, who scored? No, I said, who scored is that jacket? <laughs> <laughs> we do this every week. Yeah, every week. Without fail. It's, it's, it's become a feature now. We have to do it. What, what you mean? What we've, we've gained demand. those five listeners because we do really <laughs> shit accents. Uh, okay, I don't Twitter followers. My old, my old man was telling me that he listens. He thought it was quite funny. Does he? Bollocks. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything about wireless. <laughs> oh, so he doesn't know anything from us. No. He just said. It's why don't you get him to do? Uh, why don't you get him to do a review on YouTube of our podcast? Fucking hell! Because I think he'd lose half night. his subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, some of the stuff we have said in the past is so rather controversial. <laughs> oh, I love yourself. it. How have you guys been this week? All right? Demented. Mm. <laughs> Why? Why? I've driven like a thousand miles this week. Nasty. Where have you been going? Here, there, and everywhere. Here, here, there, and everywhere. I want to know your actual client's name, their address. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been on prop some like really awful place, but I can't tell you where. I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay, fine. Middlesbrough. Worse. It I found somewhere worse than that. Bands left. <laughs> it, <laughs> not, not far. Not far. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I gotta say, Chris, it looks like you haven't left the house <laughs> since lockdown started. You're looking you're looking very I've been captured and I'm being held against my will at the moment. I'm I'm going for the Harold Shipman look. <laughs> what? Because it looks like he's killed a thousand old people. 
<laughs> was that the look he was going for? He was Harold Shipman. <laughs> they were they were they were a famous doctor. Oh, you know, like Doctor Who, Doctor Doolittle, Harold Shipman, Doctor Hillary. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to this week? Or well, since we since we were last together, nothing. When were we in your office? Didn't you? It's been Two weeks. weeks yeah, that's it. No. Not done anything. So you just been you just been sat not doing anything. I haven't moved. Nice. Becoming like Christian. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, your beard is on its way. What fucking mortis set in? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Never, never mind what I've been doing last week. Um, That's what old age does for you. <laughs> yes. You um, forgot that you pissed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, you can. If you want, you can come to my doctor's surgery. <laughs> it's a bit, bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'd like um, to say I've been studying, but I haven't. Yeah, Have you got an aspiration to study, Alan? <laughs> no. <laughs> so why would you say you wanted to? <laughs> because I just wanted to to make me sound like I've actually been doing something meaningful with my life and my time since I've been away from you guys. Um, I think you just. I think you'd just be stuck in your new office, put in try to put those uh, soundproof tiles up. You know, <laughs> put one up, we'll the next one falls down. Peeling off the wall behind you. <laughs> With print <Yeah>. stick. <laughs> the only reason why they're peeling off the wall behind me, for those of people, so let's educate the, the listeners, right? So I have an office which I lease, and I've actually rigged it up into a studio, okay? However, I move in offices, and I've put up varying uh, foam tiles in multitude of colours, and they're not falling off. I've actually strategically moved them away so that I can get at the corners, uh, the joins where the plasterboards are. Yeah. They're all coming down, and I have to move them into the new office to provide the soundproofing. The, so the whole plasterboard you're taking down. Yeah, I'm taking. Yeah, so I've basically spent a lot of money paying the trader to come in and soundproof this whole office, and then I've decided oh, I want a bigger one. And I'm going to move down just down the <laughs> hall, and I've had to get him to take it all down and pay him again to do the same place in a different place. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Brilliant. Wasting my money. <laughs> Good. Love it. <laughs> right. I will go first in terms of what I'm drinking this week. I'm drinking a beer called Peanut Butter. It's a milk stout. I don't know what that oh. is. Why would you drink that? Well, to be fair, I I got it from uh, Beer 52. I got like a case of beers. Um, did I they did sponsor us? Yet? I, did, I did ask them if they'd sponsor us. And they basically turned around and said, no, no. too fucking small. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't you ask know, how many listeners we had. Yeah, yeah. They asked us Why did you lie? We had, and, and they basically said, nah, not enough. So why didn't you just I, lie and I, say, yeah, yeah, and then I get the lie. stats off the ninjas or something? <laughs> I did lie, and they still said it wasn't enough. <laughs> oh, how many did you say we had? I said we had a thousand per episode. <laughs> <laughs> You've overinflated that way too much. Even a hundred's way too much. <laughs> yeah, right, well, that's what I thought. I thought if I increase it 10x, then um, we'd be all right, but apparently not, so... Why don't you ask how many followers we need? I didn't know. Our, 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 America, our American listener will like this. This one's from Charlotte Pike, Nashville, Tennessee. 
I went to school with someone called Charlotte Pike. <laughs> your your microphone is awful there, Ryan. It's very loud, mate. <laughs> you alright? Hi. <laughs> what are you drinking, Ryan? <laughs> what am I not? Um, I've got, because I'm working tonight as well, so I've got double espresso here. I've got a bottle of water next to me. And I've got Budweiser here. Are you going to mix them together or something? Are you going to make a, your own little concoction cocktail or what? Like some weird sort of top shelf. It's it's like the... Uh, the have you, on Alan, Alan Partridge, he has the lady boy to drink, doesn't he? And uh, it's Guinness with uh, a Bailey's Chaser. <laughs> it's almost in the same league as a lady boy. Have you, have you drunk Guinness... With a Bailey's in it because it congeals. It is it is rank. I used to do it for rugby. It used to be like basically the player who was the worst during the game had to drink that with like nuts in the top, and it congeals and it's rancid. What type of nuts? <laughs> <laughs> just roasted, just roasted peanuts, right? <laughs> just had to clarify. I just had to clarify, you know, what them yeah. uh, them rugby lads down south get up to. Head chasers, don't know they call them. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. If you want a good Ow. drink that is rank, there's a drink called a cement mixer. You ever tried a cement mixer? What is it? It is Because I may have done, <laughs> just not knowing. It's Baileys and a lime cordial. But what you do uh, yeah. is you, yeah. you put the... Bailey's in your mouth first, and you swirl it around your mouth like a cement mixer, and then you add just a shot of lime cordial, and you keep on swirling it around your mouth so the two mix and they get thicker and thicker like a cement mixer, and then eventually you got to swallow it, and it's just a nasty substance, but it's a great party trick to play on someone who's never had a cement mixer before. Just watch them okay. just go. Ugh, well, this and so we'll use this to find out who listens to us next time we meet up with the other Wi-Fi guys in the UK and we'll be like, hey, let's all do let's all do this and we'll so get someone like is. we'll get someone like Matt Starlin or something like that. No, <laughs> Nigel. 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 Yeah, let's get Nigel. Let's <laughs> yeah, that's good. We'll That'd call it the wild, we'll call it the the pie drink or something like that. Yeah, we'll we won't call it the snack mixer. Alright. That sounds good. What are you drinking tonight, Al? Well so I have a choice. Actually, I've got... Of course you Brooklyn do. Lager. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got Brook- I've got a big bottle of Brooklyn Lager. Because I quite like that nice. stuff. And I saw it there and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. I've, I've got some Camden Hells Lager. Nice. I don't know. I've, this is the first time I've had this stuff. and It's good. It's all right. I just thought I'd try it. Yes, so, yeah. Nice. From the Cam- Camden Town I'll tell you what, brewery. though. Keep, keep bashing it against your desk because that sounds awesome. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, my desk? You mean you mean the bar? The bar, yeah. Obviously, that's what I meant. Yeah, because because everyone's aware that that's. Well, the bars are open now. We're we're allowed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have to do do this remote stuff anymore. We should do that. Why don't we get Chris and Ryan to come down to like Gloucester? No, no. Fuck off. I already suggested something to you anyway. 
Yeah, Which the YouTube club? I don't care. He didn't want to wear that outfit. <laughs> like he's got a choice. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, absolute blue with cook. I think what? I think I think I mentioned before the uh, the rum doesn't really do much for me anymore, so I've had to move on to vodka. It's <laughs> <That's> all right. <laughs> Have you got it's, a jug of it again? Uh, not yet. Um, I did when I woke up this morning. <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> Is that what, so what gets you through the day now? Is like wake up and just pour some vodka over my cornflakes. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, In my so cardboard good. box. <laughs> <laughs> do you sleep with newspapers that like you do they cover <laughs> do you have a don't wake up. your back garden it's like when you used to go to chippy and you used to get that uh, print of the uh, newspaper stuck on the uh, on the fish or whatever you know wake up with like number three on my chest better than number two <laughs> page three not number three Number three. Hello. So for anyone that's not listening or never listens and doesn't understand what that is, page three in England, the newspaper is actually a very voluptuous lady with um her boobs out, basically. And that's what this is for. Page three. Page three models. They don't do that anymore, by the way, do they? Not that no, they don't buy a newspaper anymore. But that's gone. No more topless ladies on page three. And do you know what I used to do? Are, are those two things linked, Alan? <laughs> that's why you don't buy newspapers anymore. <laughs> uh, I bet. I bet. I bet you were one of the guys. Guys who went into a bush in a wood somewhere with a number page three magazine. <laughs> Still do. <laughs> right. So we wanted to say congratulations to Germund. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Um, he, he won the he won the link link sprinter from the alley, which is cool. So he, he he left us some uh, some feedback. I think it's the first feedback we've ever had. He said it's really oh, hard, he? yeah, really hard to understand uh, if you're a non-native speaker when we're all talking at the same time. I'm not surprised because okay. I really struggled to understand <laughs> you. To be honest, at the best of times, like. Well, at least this episode, we've not done that at all for the entire first 15 minutes. <laughs> so... Not even once. <laughs> Happy days. Um, great. Well, we coming up, we've got a few different um, like vendors coming in. So what we're going to try and do is get a different vendor in once a month um, to kind of chat to them and ask them questions, get, get you guys to send in questions to us so that we can kind of put them to people um like we don't want to just be like mean for the sake of being mean but we will ask awkward questions if you send them in um so feel free to to send them in next up <laughs> sorry about this ryan next up we've got ryan woodings from metageek he's not the real one uh hey he's not the real ryan oh he's not the real ryan no no we've got metageek ryan coming on the show uh so please do um, go to wirelesspodcast.com and leave us some questions. Leave us a voicemail so that we can get some questions over to MetaGeek. It's kind of your chance to ask the questions that you kind of wanted to ask. Um, and then obviously we take those questions and we kind of 
probe a bit deeper and things like that as well. So, um, so that'd be good. And then after that, we've got seven signal coming on uh, in August. And then in September, uh, we're hoping to have Ekahau on. Now we've kind of said, hey, let's get Ekahau on. They've said yes. So let's see, let's see what happens. It'll be good. Um, so don't, don't, yeah, don't give stuff away for free as well. They normally do, yeah. So MetaGeek, we've got, I think, T-shirts or a, a coffee mug. Now, I've got a bit of a problem with that. What? Now, I don't get anything for doing this podcast, quite frankly. Like, Alan <laughs> said he was going to pay us and never did. Right. You, um, get, you get respect. From who? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was kind of hoping that when we got some free shit that I might get, you know... A t-shirt or something. But unfortunately, we've got to give it to one of these five listeners that we've got. Like That's true. It's, it's I... going to be awkward when, when German wins every week. Because <laughs> he's the only one. <laughs> he's the only one that leaves us any voicemails. <laughs> well, when you get a beer, uh, Matt, we've got, we, 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 have no one sent you a beer, Matt, yet, Ryan? All right. Yeah, I'll give you a beer, Matt. There you go. You've got All right, something. cheese. There you go. That's your, That's your fee for the podcast. They're that bad, we can't even give them away for free on fucking Twitter. I, I've I've only got two left, and both of them are going out You only week. bought five. I'm going to have to buy more. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. Beer mats are way better than, you know, hats, baseball right, caps, t-shirts, yeah, yeah. hoodies. But you know, even wear these as hats. Polo shirts, who does that kind of crap, eh? Come on, I mean, that's like the 1990s thing to do, isn't it? You mean who uh, does just... things that people actually want? Uh, <laughs> I, think we I, do, uh, I do need to jump in and mention that we are international now. You know, we've got a listener in the States. We've got listeners all, all over that other yeah, country. Do um, we have some gadget in Mexico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not beer mats, it's coasters. Beer coasters. Yeah. Is it beer coasters or just coasters? Uh, just coasters, I think. To Why beer coasters? Why, why, what, what's coast? What, what's coasting about it? Coast. Are you asking me? me? <laughs> well, you just said it was a coaster. Yeah. I mean, a coaster is what Ryan does for a living. He's <laughs> 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 not wrong, much, to be honest. So yeah, if someone can clarify what a what a what a coaster is, coaster is, it's, then. It's, it's a bit of a stupid question, though, isn't it? Because you just go, why is it called a mat? What does mat even mean? You can say about any word. Well, apart from the fact that it's our language, because we invented yeah. it. So. It's very true. <laughs> you know, with their Independence Day recently and it, all that stuff. Yeah, it, it were invented by a, a Yorkshire man, actually. don't know if you know that. Little known fact. Bollocks. Nothing was Coasters. invented in Yorkshire. Roller coasters, yeah, they were invented in Yorkshire. The panini invented in Yorkshire by uh, <laughs> <laughs> by a man, a man called John Eccleshaw, and uh, he were eating his he were eating a baguette. So you know they're French. I'll give the French that. And he, he would make, he would steamroller in the uh, M62, which is a motorway which goes through West Yorkshire. And he dropped it, drove straight over it, picked it up and ate it. He went, ah, panini. <laughs> I've never heard so much shite in my life. Fact check it if you want, God. He must have, I'll tell you what, if it's the M62, he must have had a load of fucking baguettes because there's loads of potholes on that road. Not back then. So, so if for each each baguette he ran over, 
created a portal. He must have had fucking loads of sandwiches. Yeah, they, they sold them all. Do you guys not get so like um, money from the government and stuff to fix your roads up north? Scotland do. Scotland's roads <laughs> are beautiful. <laughs> but but no. In Yorkshire we do because we have the Tardy Yorkshire which is like a a, a better version Tordy of the Tardy France. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you, you think I'm joking, but that's a fact. We do, right? And it happens no, every no, year. No, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. But it wouldn't be called Tor do Yorkshire. It would be the Tor of Yorkshire. Right, so basically, whoever wins uh, the final stage of the Tour de France, I think, gets to host the start of the next race in their country. And one year it was a, a bloke from Yorkshire and he did it in Yorkshire. And uh, the organisers thought, oh, this is fantastic. So they have one every year. Uh, we skipped this year for some reason. So um, but they've, got, they've got some in like Africa. They do Tour de France, Tour de some African country. I don't so know you're, one, you're trying to tell me, right? Some, some, some fella from the other end of the world finally wins at a very, very important stage of his life, right? And then they turn around and go, guess what? You're all going to Yorkshire. How devastated would you be? You could right. go anywhere. Monaco. Anywhere in the world. But the one that has to win it is the unlucky saddled bastard but, from fucking Yorkshire. But the point is, right, wherever wherever the tour of Yorkshire goes, the time I call the roads are fantastic. <laughs> to be fair, the tour of Britain comes through Cheddar. So our roads are always done nice. Uh, Christian, Wi-Fi Nigel set something new up. What was that? Oh, yeah. So, um, not Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi Nigel. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's put together um, a new social media platform um, focusing on wireless. I think the idea is, you know, Twitter is... It's, it's obviously a good community, but there's a lot of other things that go on there, and it's not solely focused on wireless, so you see a lot of political opinions, a lot of arguments, a lot of all sorts of nonsense, whereas Nigel wanted to put together a platform where he could just speak about wireless and you know people could get together and just focus on one thing. Um, so it's on a platform called Mastodon. Um, I, I should probably have been more prepared and say I had a way of sharing it, but I don't. But if you follow um, Nigel on Twitter, he's, he's tweeted about it in the past, and um, there's quite a few people on there now. It's it's looking quite it's good. It's growing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it basically is Twitter, isn't it? But it's it like works like Twitter, looks yeah. like Twitter, but it's effectively <clears throat> he hosts it, doesn't it? So it's not like available to just anyone. You have That's to right, kind yeah. of get invited. Do you have to get invited? Do you just have to apply to join? How, how does it work? Ask Nigel. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a private thing. So if you want to join, you have to have an invitation. So he will send you a link from where to join, and I think you create a profile and an account. But I think because he hosts it, and I don't think it's an open platform to anybody can join. I think you have to have a link, if I'm not mistaken, to right. join. So if you do want to join, and um, ping Nigel basically. Um, at Wi-Fi Nigel on Twitter. Aren't yeah, we nice. just like publicising Nigel again? And didn't he say he wanted a fee last time? No, no, that's just true. Gonna we, we, we're just going to remix his voice. <laughs> put it into a, <laughs> we'll put it into a ballad this time. 
because I reckon the yes. bar could kind of sell just as much as a kind of you know Fat Boy Slim remix kind of break beat Love we it. did last time. Love it. Sounds good. Got a lot of time for that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, go go sign up, guys. That is the the new place to be. I got to say, I've got to find a decent iOS app for Mastodon though, because yeah, how, what, which one do you one. use? Because the one I've tried just looked dodgy as out, and I didn't bother. And the other ones you have to buy, so that's that's not gonna happen. Well, so I bought one, but it doesn't push any of the notifications, which is annoying. I th- I got masked. Yeah. That's that's the one I I've got as well, um, but I didn't get any notifications. So I downloaded another one called Tootle, which I, I don't quite like the uh, the app, but I get notifications. So I get a notification and then go into Mast. Okay. Yeah. So you bought an app. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're talking like it's expensive, Ryan, but it was only like ninety nine p. Yeah, know. but I'm talking to you here. You. I, I know in Newcastle. <laughs> Uh... We, we we invented apps in Yorkshire. <laughs> okay. Oh, good God. <laughs> right, great. So, uh, I know that, um, Ryan, you wanted to speak about industrial Wi-Fi this week, didn't you? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh... Uh, we, um, we got a question for, about uh, industrial Wi-Fi. We had a voicemail, so do you want to play that first? And then, uh, Ryan, all over to you. You've been preparing all week. Hi, uh, gun crackers. Hey, this is uh, Scott McNeil uh, on Twitter. I'm at American McNeil. Uh, I am the, the industrial Wi-Fi guy. Um, my blog is the uh, Industrial Wi-Fi Shop, and uh, you guys should do some segments on uh, Wi-Fi and industrial manufacturing. You know, based off of not only Wi-Fi access, but some of the other protocols that uh, wireless protocols that take place uh, in these atmospheres, from wireless heart uh, through um, the various uh, 802.15.4 protocols. I think it'd be good stuff, and I really want a coaster. Actually, I'd like several. Thanks. So you can pedal them last three that we've got that we can't get rid of. To Scott. Is that what you're doing, Chris? He's put them in a the bag now. <laughs> They've gone. They're coasting. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> so, did he say Wi-Fi heart then? Yeah. He Wireless did? heart, isn't it? Not Wi-Fi. Wireless heart. <clears throat> yeah. What's that? So, if I remember rightly, it's something to do with sensors. Um, I think it's used a lot in like Siemens and stuff, and the in what they have like Siemens. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> Siemens? As in the manufacturer or yes, sailors? Yes, no, <laughs> or, or I, <laughs> the Royal Navy. Uh, that's what it is uh, Siemens, the manufacturer. Right. So Siemens do a lot of industrial control systems, um, a lot of PLCs and stuff like that. And from what I understand, the wireless heart stuff, Profinet? That's what Siemens... Is that the the proprietary stuff that they use? Well, it's one of the industrial kind of protocols that they push out at Layer 2. But you carry on. No, no, you seem to know. I'm just winging it from Wikipedia. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Alan, you not work with this stuff? <laughs> yeah, so I spent two and a half years working in industrial 
wow, industrial wireless with their Nersk. I can say that now because I'm no longer officially with them. So I can talk about what I used to do, which makes me feel comfortable, <laughs> believe it or not. Eh? I thought, I thought you were. No. Why would you think that? I'm not, I'm no longer with them in an official capacity. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I spent two and a half years working. But let me ask you a quick question, actually. When people say industrial Wi-Fi, I find that quite funny. Because I kind of asked the question, well, what, what, is, what, is it, what is industrial Wi-Fi to you? And should it be considered industrial Wi-Fi? Because we don't say hospital Wi-Fi, do we? I'm going to do warehouse Wi-Fi or stadium Wi-Fi or office Wi-Fi. So, realistically, is... is is it? Is are we use? I hate it when people kind of say, "Oh, I, work, I do industrial Wi-Fi." It's like, well, what does that actually mean? Because Wi-Fi is eight hundred two point eleven. Do you want to know what I think it is? You have all Go these manufacturers like Siemens and the likes of, and ABB and whatnot, and they have all of these systems, and they've never been changed for decades. And then somebody says, "Can we just like you know talk to them wirelessly?" And rather than using proper standards, they make their own proprietary stuff up so they can charge more, is what I would class as proper industrial Wi-Fi. I would like, say it's Wi-Fi, though. That, that's the question. It's, it's not. It's it's a wireless, wireless communication. Absolutely, which is why I find it funny when people refer to it. It's like, oh, do you work in industrial Wi-Fi? And to be fair, I use it. So I'm kind of hypocritical in my, in my, my notes here. But the point being is that... It's industrial wireless, and industrial wireless is quite broad because there are, like you say, Ryan, a whole multitude of different types of protocols that require wireless communications, but they each have a unique use case. You know, some are for automation, wireless communications for, um, I don't know, sensors and monitoring equipment and that kind of thing. And it's quite interesting how there's quite a long, quite a large array of different types of uh, wireless communications for industrial networks, such as you can use Wi-Fi, but the problem with Wi-Fi is that it can be quite um, power resource hungry. Okay, so they don't tend to use Wi-Fi chipsets because of that problem. So they tend to use low power. So you imagine, you know, very simple, basic uh, I/O nodes or PLCs, that kind of stuff. They they don't really, you know, want to use a great deal of power. So they could be battery operated or that kind of stuff. So they'll want to use something that is relatively easier as it were on the resources so things like does, ZigBee, does, even bluetooth do, does that mean that it doesn't go as far or yeah correct so i guess the idea being is that there are i mean there are um if you like the, the ones in terms of propagation being the lowest is something like bluetooth in terms of its footprint mm-hmm. propagation footprint in terms of rf how far can it travel bluetooth being the kind of weakest as it were and then you mm-hmm. can kind of work your way through you know uh, through different types of wireless protocols, um, you know, Zigbee, um, Wi-Fi, you've got, uh, Christ, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, there's some weird ones Do- like uh, LoRa, which LoRa. is long range. LoRa one, yeah. So, so there's all sorts of different types of wireless protocols based upon its, you know, requirements and the footprint of how far that RF will go. Will definitely be determined by how much power I guess those those radios can actually transmit, and the frequency, and the frequency. Yeah, but they all predominantly would, but most of them use nine hundred megahertz or four three three. Yeah, you know, if you really want to kind of go deep into it, then by all means, you know, looking um, to the various white papers and 
Wikipedia articles and all that kind of stuff because it's uh, quite interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> What's Ryan's finally. <laughs> what? Sorry. No, I'm laughing at Ryan. <laughs> Oh, so, but, but I mean, how how do, how do you design for those things? Do you, is is there other software available? That wait, can wait, pull let, that stuff in. Or? Let me trigger Alan. Um, can you do <laughs> predictive surveys for industrial Wi-Fi? <laughs> no, you can't. Whether or not you can, but, but so so with Bluetooth, you could you could not use Echohow and use the BLE function within there to get a, a rough idea. You could do. I mean, isn't it isn't it just two point four gigahertz? Yeah, but it's different power levels and stuff like that, isn't it? Bluetooth. That's uh, look, I suppose you could tune it down. In the industry that I've been working with, with shipping terminals, uh, Bluetooth doesn't exist because it's outdoor environment at the end of the day, and it's just it's never going to propagate far enough. Um, so it's it's kind of by the by. You know, Bluetooth is for kind of close range type of sensory type of I don't know location based uh, passive monitor uh, passive scans and things like this uh, i don't deal with bluetooth technology so I, i'm really i'm clueless but it's more fine kind of i think for indoor technology we use wi-fi typically outdoor but it isn't industrial per se it's just in an industrial environment is the point i want to make um wi-fi isn't good for outdoor shipping terminals it's crap in all honesty and it's crap because there's a multitude of problems, right? If we just quickly talk about that, for example, in a shipping terminal, things are always moving, things are always roaming, and the environment's constantly changing. So you can imagine container stacks on a yard, changing height um, from being one height, two high, six high, so to speak, and you have fixed positions with access points being mounted on light poles, for example, and there are going to be a limited amount of those light poles available to connect mount your access point to so those are what i would consider design requirements or challenges never a constraint just want to make that point we are limited with how far we can meet requirements in a shipping terminal for example we wouldn't want to mount multitude of access points on a pole and the reason for that is these uh, light poles for example have these crowns at the top that have to come down for servicing you know servicing mm -hmm. light bulbs that kind of stuff and if you notice the poles themselves are quite wide at the bottom and then they get thinner as they go up to the top so you imagine you start to mount access points and antennas and they start to i guess protrude then the chances of that light crown being able to pass successfully down past an access point and an antenna is very very difficult especially when you have a multitude of them wanting to be mounted at different heights if you want to have say four antennas using uh, directional can be quite difficult to then you know mount these APs and these antennas all on this pole and then still allow a gap for a crown to come a light crown to then kind of come down so we have all sorts of requirements to design for so we think well okay we're limited to one or two access points and antennas to be mounted so therefore wi-fi isn't always the best solution because it's 2.4 mm -hmm. it's um you know there's a, there can be a lot of APs, and when you're mounted 25 meters up on a pole, then you know how many channels do you have? How much interference can you possibly get? Yeah, quite a bit. So it's funny that um, I don't advocate for 
Wi-Fi in, in shipping terminals, I actually push towards uh, LTE solutions in a shipping terminal, especially over 802.11. So wireless communications such as LTE, the latency there is kind of almost guaranteed and be within eight milliseconds. You know, that, that's, that's how kind of crucial and, and that's what you're aiming for. Is, is, that, is that where something like CBRS might come in as well? So like a private LTE network rather than having to rely on? Why not? Possibly. I mean, at the end of the day, CBS is just using a different frequency band at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. The problem with using private and public VPNs, that kind of stuff, depends, again, with a, with a worldwide company like Maersk, you know, when you've got shipping terminals all over the world, it becomes a kind of geopolitical problem, for example, yeah. and it's quite interesting. So private VPNs are great, and the reason why private VPNs are preferred over public VPNs is because the data traffic isn't tunneled back to the VPN provider's network, right? So not only have you got a security issue, but also you've got an additional latency lag, right? So having a private VPN, which basically means you have a tower that plugs directly into your data center and all the traffic that comes from, you know, your LTE frequency is directly pumped straight into your, it's switched straight into your infrastructure. Yeah. But with a public VPN, it has to go via the telco provider's network, which can cause issues. and. When you have geopolitical problems in certain third world countries, um, it can be very expensive and also very unreliable. So it's a case of, you know, could we trust them not to snoop in our traffic? Can we trust them to provide a reliable service? So Wi-Fi gets deployed because it acts as a way of control. We have, you know, wireless communications that can facilitate the operation of the shipping terminal, whereas we prefer solutions like LTE and, and private VPNs because they will be so much more faster for proprietary protocols like, you know, running Profinet because the nature of the beast, you know, latency is a, is a key mm -hmm. issue and you have to be within almost between eight to eight to 20 milliseconds of a PLC communicating with an IO node. So it's very crucial, I think, that, you know, you look at wireless industrial protocols to understand their use cases because this is just one use case of using Profinet wireless protocol. There are so many more I could mention. Um, but again, you can use, uh, I don't know, wireless heart, for example, for sensory type of information. And at the end of the day, what wireless um, communication is just facilitating is literally, you know, a, a PLC and an IONO being able to talk at very, very simple binary on off type of um, yeah. communication. It's not high, it's not high data, is it? It isn't high data, it never yeah. is, and that's why a lot of the core requirements are kind of latency-based um, and also coverage-based, because you, we can we could turn around and say NEG 75 is good enough at 2.4 mm -hmm. because data requirements are so small. The thing with I find interesting with wireless, um, industrial wireless, so to speak, is the proprietary nature of using you know, many different manufacturers because each one has their own way of doing things which can be mm. unique in terms of different operating systems or customized yeah. operating systems, you know, and again, use cases. It's, it's very interesting because not, yeah. not everyone is the same. And then when they're having it's, to operate and use a proprietary protocol, it's a it yeah. can be a nightmare and you have to kind of almost learn a whole new set of rules about networking for an industrial wireless protocol running over, I guess, a, a medium of your choice. But you said there caught my ear a bit because of the, uh, you were saying about the VPNs and how you've got to have private VPNs and stuff like that. Do you not think 
all of that is one of the reasons why not just industrial Wi-Fi, but industrial systems as a whole is massively insecure. Um, because people rely upon these proprietary protocols and only a handful of people in the world really fully understand them, that they're becoming such an attack surface for state actors. Possibly. And the reason for that is just because of where they're deployed, the sensitivity of the use cases. You know, I guess you could say nuclear reactors might use them for um, monitoring certain systems because it makes it easy for them to use it. And then not many other tools are out there that are available to allow them to decipher the data that's being transmitted. So it's very, very small use cases, but but it seems like it's become bigger and it's expanded and it's almost exploded to the point where you're seeing, you know, wireless heart, uh, Zigbee and all of these other types of wireless communications now actually being kind of used, not just in just industrial environments, but maybe outside of that because of their, they're kind of cheap, they're very easy, they're low power. Um, and they serve a purpose for, for low data rates type of thing. So it means that there's more and more tools being developed to support the functionality to be able to kind of, you know, decode packets, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, which means that it puts a risk on them, the highly sensitive areas that have been using these um, industrial wireless protocols for, for many years. And then the emphasis has never really been on security, I guess, because, well, we're the only ones using it. Who else is going to want to use this, you know? And, and also, how far can this signal propagate? You know, if you're talking about, you know, Bluetooth or um, wireless heart, you know, that propagation isn't going to go very far. So the signal is going to be really, really weak. So effectively, someone outside the perimeter isn't really going to grab much, you know, much energy from that transmitter to be able to know what the hell's what's captured to be decoded type of thing. But it's possible nowadays that, yeah, the tools are out there and, it, you know, security hasn't been an emphasis i think with wireless industry with the iot because at the end of the day it's it's machines talking to machines right it's not a user at the end of that machine it's typically a machine that is going to do i don't know drill something or cut something or it's just monitoring you know temperature or gas emissions that kind of thing at the end of the day so it's changing the landscape a little bit so wireless protocols need to adjust and they need, now need to be more secure definitely do you not think that by adopting more of the wireless industry standards, what everyone's accustomed to, and doing stuff like that would make it a lot easier for everybody? That's kind of that's kind of where I was going. So that's that's where I was going. So you, you, yeah, you mentioned sort of the geopolitical issues you have with these proprietary solutions and LT and all that kind of stuff, and you know you use. Wi-Fi R802.11 to get around some of those issues, but it's got restrictions. But and you also said you know the industrial wireless is exploding and there's all these different protocols. But Wi-Fi R802.11 has an answer to that in 802.11ah or Halo, um, and it's you know it's low power, it's uh, sub one gigahertz frequency, so you get the you get the range. Um, you know some of the good stuff we see in AX like target wake time comes from um, Halo. But that doesn't seem to be taken off and there's not many use cases, which seems to contradict the way you would think it would work because it's, you know, it's a trusted standard. It's based on, um, it's, it's been put together it's by the standard. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's an, it's an open standard. People can interrogate it. They can look at it as opposed to something that's proprietary, which as Ryan said, you know, it's in a few people's heads and they don't really understand it. Why, why do you think that's struggling to take off? You, from a security perspective, you just have to look at some of the biggest hacks that have happened in 
the last few years. So one of the biggest snooping one was the was it the Spanish government with the uh, Vodafone and their Ericsson phone system that it was written in proprietary code. A handful of people knew about it, and someone exploited it, and they didn't know for months, if not years. And the Saudi Petrochem hack, where people basically ran, well, from what we gather, it's state actors ran the Petrochem site at such unsafe levels that they were going to kill people. Now, I agree. Like, it could be, it could be better, and it would be better if people know it because it's they're almost trying to treat security through obscurity and that's not really the case what they should do is like apple google microsoft everyone does it says right these are the standards that we're using these are the encryption standards these are the technology standards that we use they're out there and they're implemented correctly so i don't mind telling you what we're using you know you, you if you're using decent protocols and decent encryption methods you can tell people. You don't have to say, oh, I'm not going to tell you just in case you try and hack it because you're not going to be able to. So one of the things you need to understand with, with wireless protocols in an industrial environment is that their focus isn't security because they don't want the overhead, okay? Which what security will add. So you've got to understand from a functional perspective, it's a case of they take the risk that says, look, we just need something that gives us the latency that we need or means it's it's quicker it's a it's low powered um you know so i guess manufacturers write the chipset drivers for that specific function you know the fit the fit the file layer the mac headers are all different for all of these different wireless protocols so adding in something from wi-fi world for example the best practices there isn't going to be something that's going to be taken lightly and it's going to be easy because it could change the dynamics of how the you know the wireless solution works for that industri industry so to speak for the better um i think the, i think the unique use case that you talk about only would apply to i think iot devices that are going to communicate over wi-fi so 2.4 and 5 gig if they're going to operate over 5 gig typically it sounds like they're only going to do 2.4 if you can talk about uh, what 15.4 which is wireless heart yeah i don't know enough about that protocol to understand what is it isn't there but it sounds like it could be worked on but again, you know, the use cases for all of these wireless protocols is more geared around, you know, ease of use, functionality, and a little bit of speed and latency. Because again, it's it's very simplistic in terms of its low overhead. But what I'm talking about is potentially that changing things that you've just suggested could have a detrimental impact on how that wireless protocol is more favorable. If it is no longer favorable, then they need to look at something else. And they probably should because they need to understand the impact. And it boils down to pretty much the fact that, I guess, a lot of these things are legacy. You know, how many how many devices exist that are B client still or B client capable? Well, there's quite a few out there, especially in the industrial wireless environments, right? They still exist because they just haven't been updated. And the reason why they haven't been updated is because, well, they just work and no one's really bothered about trying to update the software or the drivers. They've just let it tick over, tick over, tick over. And then all of a sudden this proprietary machine that does one of the crucial things for this company is the only thing left in standing and they're paying God knows what a premium on making sure that it's serviced and, and maintained because it's far cheaper to do that than it is to kind of replace that machine and go out there and 
get the latest wireless communications available. So again, it's more of a, a business decision at the end of the day to determine whether they want to rip and replace what's being used, you know, for all their their industrial wireless protocols in their communication. So it, it it's definitely one to look at. That I, I think you're hundred percent right on the money that it needs to be more secure because if industrial protocols are coming over to, I guess, the consumer market, whereby we're having it put in our homes, uh, you know, we're getting, uh, you know, LED lighting systems now that are being controlled with, I think, Wireless Heart or Zigbee, that kind of stuff. So, you know, sensors, you know, they're being more prevalent, I guess, in, you know, office space, for example, where you can actually have your LED lights controlled by a wireless sensor. But again, you've got to understand that it's a different type of physical layer, it's a different type of Mac layer that's actually written for these. And I don't know how easy it is to just kind of overlay security and encryption the way we you know understand it in the wi-fi world in 2.45 gig you know so it's good food for thought um definitely i think one of the other downsides to 802.11 is like you said earlier it's dcf versus pcf and if you've got a you know a range of sensors that only need to send data every so often um, and in that time they want to sleep and they want to sleep as much as possible then pcf is better because you can schedule the conversations rather than you know just be listening all the time and especially if you relay relaying data through other nodes as well um you know if, if you've got a, a dcf environment some of the longer range sensor type solutions are going to struggle out there or, or they'll burn through batteries quicker and if you look at some of these sensors you know the batteries can be five plus years some of them last for ages yeah and i suppose that that's that's where ah even with its target wake time and things like that is probably not going to be as efficient um, well, it, it, well, it won't know, be, use... but again, but again, it, it's about, you know, use case, you know, the, 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 it's an, it's an, un, you know, unlicensed, um, it's open standard that anyone can implement and it's listen before talk at the end of the day. And, you know, everyone has to be polite. Whereas industrial wireless devices, they don't want that. They just want to be able to just kind of send something at a frequency and, and not really give a shit about anybody else. Who's also maybe using that frequency. They just want to be able to say, right, look, We've got built-in, you know, error correction to be able to send small. I'm talking really low data here. At the end of the day, it is almost binary to the point it's on and off that kind of stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. it is basic, but it's sufficient and it's enough and it's relatively cheap. Um, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm really looking at it from a macro level here. So for me, it could be way more than what I'm given justice, but that's my understanding, my perspective. But you yeah. know, coming back around to the shipping terminals again. There isn't a great deal of uh, Wi-Fi deployed because it's not the preferred solution because it just doesn't work as well for (laughs) the latency, the reliability and being able to give the actual performance as well, you know, because it's forever changing and and everything else. So it's it's always a case of it doesn't always have to be Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is not the be all and end all. So, I mean... So do you see uh, what CWMP is kind of doing in terms of bringing in more of this IoT, you know, different wireless protocols, things like that? Do you see that as a as a as a positive then that it will kind of open up some, you know, Wi-Fi mm-hmm. engineers' kind of minds to oh okay, you know, Wi-Fi isn't the deal, and all that there are a bunch of other ways we could do this. Massively, and hats off to them to actually thinking about it, and they had to they had to almost diversify into other protocols because there is a ceiling with what you can do with Wi-Fi. There is a new protocol coming out, AX, 
very very soon which i'm sure they'll develop a new course that just basically bolts on to existing na dp sa or sp ap everything else but again it's still the fundamental same phi and mm -hmm. mac and listen before talk dcf everything else but to understand and learn other types of wireless communications that may also use the unlicensed spectrum is very rewarding to 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 everybody to kind of almost you know diversify your skill set to understand yeah. actually there are other requirements and industrial wireless is is a huge huge industry that is just overlooked and it's great that cedar and p are looking at ways in which they can help the existing wi-fi engineer learn new skills learn new trade have additional knowledge about how other wireless protocols would operate and work and learn the fundamentals about that and get into those industries and actually work with those um you know vendors like Siemens who, who manufacture these solutions. So yeah, it's a great idea. Um, it can open up all sorts of opportunities for the wireless engineer to actually, you know, diversify and, and actually be wireless rather than just Wi-Fi. because the irony of it all is uh, CWMP is, you know, certified wireless, wireless, certified wireless, right? There's a clue, mm -hmm. not certified Wi-Fi because that's all we've been doing is Wi-Fi. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to the courses to mature first before um, I see them. So you, I think you're right. you're not you're not going to go in for a sub fifty CWINE then. Um. Well, why not? Who 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 get who get there first? You or Peter Mackenzie? Oh, good question. Um, I think <laughs> if I can tie Peter Pe up Peter to, Peter to a lamppost yeah. and so that he can chop his legs off and put some tape over his mouth. <laughs> I reckon I'm not in with the chance. Distracted <laughs> by something else. Speaking of BFA, you haven't took the trend of Twitter and wanted to hand your CWNE in. Oh, who's done that? Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, did you see that? I did. What? what Who happened? was it? Uh, some gadgy. Um, spat his <laughs> dummy out and um said he was gonna cancel his CWNE. I mean, how to cancel your CWNE? I mean. Well, imagine you don't renew it. Well, and, and, and why would you actually announce that on a Twitter forum? Why not just be professional I mean, and actually? Yeah, you, you need to. No. You need to do it unmasked. Give him. <laughs> you need to do it unmasked, don't you, on Wi-Fi Nigel's uh, new platform? <laughs> Twitter's not the place for wireless talk. <laughs> a bit more notice had he not said anything, and so we go. Oh yeah, I noticed um, such and such hasn't renewed his CWNE application, and then maybe he had said. But it was almost as if it was like, right, that's it. I've had enough. I'm not getting enough attention, so I'm gonna not renew my CWNE. That's I don't know if that's me. I don't know if that's me being really harsh, but from the outside looking in, that's exactly what it looks for. And uh, I offered him a tenner for it, and uh, he didn't take it. <laughs> so it can't be that bad. Thing is, though, it, it's it, it's just childish to assume that you can just throw away a certification that others would strive i mean you guys will probably be working towards one and you think it you know as a kind of echelon to achieving greatness or, or whatever or self-gratification oh, i don't know what your perspective is of the cwne you know it's a journey to learn knowledge and then you hear someone else on twitter just throw it away and just cast it aside and not give a reason it's just that much stupid and you know look each to their own right he may have good reasons why he feels strongly about what he's saying However, two things I'd say is one, don't be a dick. 
and do it on a public <laughs> platform because it is it is it's idiotic. If you have grievances, take them to the certification body and have those grievances out with them. You know, Twitter part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. You know, what is your problem? Yeah. Work with them first. Don't just broadcast. And this is the problem with Twitter. It's become like this yeah. platform that, you know, everyone just airs their laundry at the end of the day. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's disrespectful for, for CWEs as well to just, you know, throw it away like that. Again, people have worked hard to get there and people respect it, you know, and whatever grievances you have with CWMP as a program, take it up with them. And if you still don't agree with what they're doing, then by all means, say everybody, you know what, I'm not renewing my certification. Don't just sit there and renounce it because that to me just sounds like you're just being petulant and you're just throwing your toys at the pram. And then what, what then, what does it actually achieve? You know, at the end of the day, it just, it does make you sound silly and stupid. I'm brutally honest. It, it's just pathetic. And you might, you might get a refund. You won't get a refund. I mean, that's the thing though, isn't it? You spend all that time personally not not just other people you personally have dedicated so much time of your life it's not cwna unfortunately isn't one of those things you can just pass in a month there's a number of certifications and plus you have to demonstrate real life experience when you have to submit designs and things you have to have committed yourself 100 percent to doing it then just to turn around and say oh because i'm not getting enough attention and everyone else seems to be liked more than me. Um, I've had enough. Like, is is it really worth throwing everything you've worked for, for some people, even for a CCIE, but for C for a CWNE, spend years trying to get it. But it's it's a great excuse though, isn't it? You could just say, oh, I don't want to get my CCIE because I don't agree with some of Cisco's practices, but I could have it if I wanted it. What like what you say? Yeah, yeah, CCI you written. So let's speculate here, right, about why they would want to, you know. He's welcome to leave us a voicemail if he, uh, if he would like to correct the record. If he listens. You know? <laughs> but I guess, so one of the whispers I've been hearing around um, why the CWMP... Oh, wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. Alan's whispers, 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 whispers. There you go. Now we can go into Alan's whispers. That was a little a thing. jingle for you there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll professionally mix that up and make it <laughs> viable. Because... What was it? How did it go again? Alan's whispers, 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 whispers. You should actually move away from your mic when you do it. You go whispers. <laughs> so, what I've been hearing, what I've been hearing whispers of, is that um, the conference that Cedar Moon Pier putting on. What the fuck? Uh, what, what's that called? Sorry. Why it's the Wireless Technology Forum is the official term to use, actually. So you know you can keep your toilet humour to yourself. <laughs> I'm a CWE. I'm a pro. I'm a bollock. It does. It does sound like what the fuck, and it is stupid. <laughs> and they should. That's probably why he's upset about the fact that he's using that hashtag. <laughs> is that is that why you put your cap on back to front? Um, sorry, I'm just. I'm I'm going through a midlife crisis. All right. There you go. Is that better? <laughs> it's better, man. It's probably just as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess the problem right now is that um, conferences and the COVID-19 health issue, uh, pandemic, that's been spread. And I think people are upset that, the, obviously, CWMP 
are still pushing ahead with the conference. Now, my understanding is that CWMP are kind of in a rock and a hard place. I'm sure they would love to cancel this and just do it virtual and online. However, I don't believe it's viable in terms of the deal that they have with the Las Vegas Casino, which is Caesars Palace, I believe that's where it's yeah. been held. Now, my understanding is that they have to book a year in advance and they have to put up a lot of money up front in order to secure the booking. Now, I don't know US law. I don't know Nevada state law. My understanding is that they just cannot cancel and get their they'd money back. A, yeah, they'd lose a crap I, I believe that they're going to lose they? all of their money. So it's a lot of money. I'm not going to say how much. It's a lot of money. The point is that from a business perspective, yeah, we know. It's not viable <laughs> to just say we have to just cancel and take that hit. Now, I appreciate that, you know, people may not like that. But look, you know, people have to survive. They have to pay salaries. They have to pay bills. They have to keep running and functioning. It's a business decision. Now, things have relaxed in the UK, in Europe, in terms of, you know, the rules about social distancing, what's opening and what's not. You can go swimming you know, now. Well, yeah, there you go. So I don't know what it's like in the US. So again, but my understanding is that maybe people haven't, I guess, welcomed it, that they're still proceeding with a live venue, that but, it hasn't been cancelled, but it means that there's no international travel. So it means the Europeans can't fly over there because of the quarantine restrictions. But it does mean that the US guys can actually go to the conference. Now, the CWP are probably going to still take a massive hit because they're not going to get anywhere near the numbers anyway. So they're just trying to minimize, I think, the impact yeah. and, to their and the, there's a, at the end of the day. There's a really easy solution if you disagree with them having the conference, and that is just don't go. <laughs> well, you know. There, there's that, but there is also, and, and I think this is a, I think this is a valid point, but again, I don't think that throwing your toys out the pram is, is the way to go. And that is, you know, you look at all the speakers, of, of which I'm one, um, and they're all white guys. Now, that might just be because most of the people in our industry are white guys. But, but I think, like, you know, if if that if that's again, if that's one of your main reasons for not wanting to participate in this, like, be part of the solution. You know, be, be has anybody actually said that though? Yeah. Yep. Who? <laughs> but but yeah, they yeah, have. I mustn't, I, I mustn't I, follow these people because I've not seen this. I don't think that was. To be fair, I've not. I've I don't think. I don't think it. I don't think it was on Twitter. I think it was on one of the Slack channels. But but when I saw that, I, I thought you know, who has applied to go talk? Because exactly. you know, if it's, only, if it's only white guys who have gone to go apply, and they're the only ones who are going to get picked, and you know, if you if you if you, if you, oh, you, you could publish a list, uh, yeah. It's, this it's is, a funny this one, isn't has it? gone too far, in I, my no, opinion. I mean, like, like nobody I, has, what I've never heard. I don't think it's about going too far. I think it's making the point that yes. it's it's prevalent, even if we don't see it yeah. as being an issue. It's there, and it's yeah. something that needs to be addressed because there are places that it, it's system, it's systemic, right? Period, yeah. and that needs to be eradicated. Now, it's just unfortunate that our industry maybe being male predominant white male predominant it doesn't matter but it's 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 something that everyone can address and make sure that there isn't any systemic 
racism involved that is persecuting you know ethnic minorities from not attending or making them feel unwelcome then that's what we need to work on to make it better for everybody yeah. else. So it's not a case of saying it's getting out of hand or it's gone too far. It's just making sure that the whole problem is making sure people are aware, I think, and it's yeah. addressed, and it's not a taboo subject, and it should never be. And and no, to be honest, though, Alan, I'll tell you what, right? If 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 anybody has felt unwelcome, uh, has been racially abused or anything like that in our community, tell you what, tell me now, right, and I will publicly address it because I've, Genuinely, never heard of anything like that. I mean, no, we had the whole thing of women in Wi-Fi, but realistically, it just we're here as engineers. We're here as people. We're not here as anything else. Ryan, as a man of the Yorkshire race, <laughs> oh, that is a race. I must admit to you, you're a different breed altogether, you lot. <laughs> but no, I agree uh, completely, and it's going back to the conversation we had with Devin. You know, you're. Uh, if Absolutely. we're wireless engineers first and we're engineers first uh, if you're allowed to use that term legally um but you know we've, we've got to start talking about these things to to bring that to the top and i'm, bring that I'm to fine the with talking there. about it but i don't see about making an issue out of something that isn't an issue in my i'm talking yes yeah, i am exactly talking about right. in my yeah, opinion yeah. but like i said if ge- someone genuinely has had that experience right like, I, I, would, I, I would like to know because I would I like think to know what I can I don't possibly think it, do to help. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I, I, but I think that's the problem, Ryan. I don't think it is an explicit said thing. It's just if you go to conference after conference and it's only white guys that are doing any of the talking, it just perpetuates that, that thing, doesn't it? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything different the CWMP could have done, but at least, at least if, if the, this conversation is happening then maybe next year, you know, someone will stand up and say, hey, do you know what? I'm going to apply to speak. Now, you know, I'm relatively new to wireless and I still put my hand up and went, I'll do a talk. I don't know if I've got enough to say. I don't know if I'm experienced enough, whatever. But at least I had the confidence to go, hey, I'll give it a go. And, you know, I got picked, which which is amazing. But I'm offended that you've been picked to go and speak. (laughs) <laughs> I, the, there isn't a single northeast person other than Alan who isn't really from the northeast who's spoke at those conferences did you reply I did did you did uh, okay what were you going to talk about but, yeah but we were you, were you applying to talk, talk about <laughs> talk about rubbish because I'm talking about something really interesting so give out it would be some sort of apple shade <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, I, I, and I think I think you know it's it's a good thing that it's been addressed. You know, I think it's a good thing that it's been brought up, not because um, there should be something done about it right now, but at least now these conversations are happening. At least now these types of you know things are, are going on, where where you know hopefully next time someone will stand up and say, hey, you know what? I think I have got something that is worth saying and I, I am going to put my name forward um like I, you know i've completely honest when i when i applied i was kind of expecting to get a hey you know thanks for applying but you know better like next time type thing um but uh, you know I, th- I think the fact that 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 i got in is is great but again 
I, you know, I did it based off of talking to different people and saying, should I, should I apply? Should I go for it? And it was only because other people said to me, yeah, crack on, you know, give it a go. What's the worst <laughs> what person happens? said that? I won't give their names, <laughs> but there were a few people that said that to me. It wasn't you, Ryan. You... <laughs> no, in all fairness, though, Dan, right? I appreciate what you're doing. And you want to talk about something that I think has never been spoken about in the the environment we're talking about mobile devices different platforms management of these devices because that's what we complain about right isn't it Mm -hmm. that we can't control these devices well you know like we're actually going to talk about that for once but ultimately mate i couldn't give a toss if you're pink or yellow i really couldn't (laughs) i couldn't care if you've got hair or not because you don't have hair right (laughs) but you know like you you go in there and i'm going to listen to it but if you don't want to listen you don't want to listen. It's yeah, as simple as that. Yeah. Like yeah. if it's not because you're from England or anything else that I'm like people might not listen. It just might not be their cup of tea, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Like that that is yeah. allowed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I I just I just hope that it means that next year, you know, more people will give it a go. Just give it a shot. You know. F- have some confidence in in what they what they know and what they want to share because i think i think you know everyone everyone has something to offer um, i think in all fairness um for me i mean i i plan on going to wlpc if it happens in eu um spoke about it before like I, I wouldn't mind doing a deep dive like hosting one i've got a good idea I wouldn't mind doing a talk. I'm not going to tell you because you'll steal it. I know what you like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I have spoken to Keith about it. And, you know, hopefully, um, and just like everyone else, I'll have to submit an application in and people Mm. will have to vote for it. And I'll hope that people vote for it on its merits. I hope people don't think, oh, and I don't think this would ever happen anyway, apart from if you're like Alan, where you turn around and go, oh, I'll turn up his... I'd hope that people would want to turn up because they might feel they might learn something from it. But what I find, the intimidating thing for me is you look at all the people who have spoken at WLPC, right? There's some big names in there. Yeah. And they've all done really, really good talks and and they've touched on really good topics. That's a little bit daunting because I feel like "Mm, mine's going to be dross compared to all of those <laughs> so when you're going through the youtube video you'll think jesus christ how how's this got into into that <laughs> that for me is how i would feel when i would talk when when i would be talking up there i, I really would feel sort of against it because you yeah, see yeah. the caliber of people who've been before you but that's yeah. not a bad thing in my opinion yeah and and like you know, even even for me, like again, I'm I'm you know really new to this industry and stuff like that. But like I have a, a wealth of experience from before Wi-Fi, and and there's there's always stuff in there that, um, you know, e- even if it's a fresh naive look at something, it might help people. You know, other people that are starting out. To, to, to have a look so you know one of the things that, that helped me to, to apply to speak at 
at, um, WTF was the fact that they talked about, you know, we, we want this to meet different levels of people and they had, you know, Wi-Fi for, for beginners. And I was like, well, you know, that's where I'm at. So I want to do a talk that is about designing Wi-Fi for Apple devices. And it's going to be, you know, stuff that, that people that have been in wireless for, for years will know already. But it doesn't mean that it's not valuable for people that are getting into wireless now, you know, that, that are getting into Wi-Fi now. Um, and I think that was the thing that, that gave me the confidence to just go, well, the worst thing they're going to say is, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, cool. Um, one thing that I did kind of want to talk about, and we, you know, we talked about proprietary kind of systems earlier. One of the things that I, I wanted to talk about was um, obviously Apple moving to ARM processors, which are the same as they've got in the iPhones and iPads and things like that. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a brave thing for them to do. Um, I noticed that they're still going to be doing Intel, you know, chipsets for a while as well. They're probably going to, you know, overlap them. So they'll have ARM and Intel at the same time. But, um, it, you know, I, I can see one, the massive efficiency gains that they'll grab from it. Two, it means that they'll be in charge of their own kind of cycles of when they can bring out new kits. So they're not dependent on Intel coming up with new chips. Um, but I'm also interested in what that's going to do for us in terms of, you know, Wi-Fi diagnostics and things like that. Because at the moment, you know, Apple are one of the better machines for Wi-Fi because they give us such good access to to what the the NIC is actually seeing. I just wonder what you guys think might happen now that Apple are moving away from Intel uh, and you know Broadcom chips and things like that, and they're going to be moving towards their own their own stuff. You know, what do you think that's going to mean for us? Obviously, in iOS, we don't have anywhere near you know the, the kind of data that we get from from ARM. That's not because it's ARM, is it? Because you know ARM is used on a lot of other platforms where you can get the same information out of Mac OS. It's just the driver support. So it all depends yeah. on what Apple do with the NICs and the drivers. Obviously now they're using the Intel NICs because they're using Intel boards, but I guess moving to ARM means they've probably got more choice. Um, and you know, they, they could go down the same route as the iPhone, the iPhones and stuff like that. And just, they could even use the same chipsets, but I don't, I don't think it's a, a straightener. Um, well, I mean, obviously iOS is still using Broadcom chipsets they're not necessarily yeah. using it's not it's not arm chipsets for, for the for the wireless nicks and things but it's it i think it's more you know obviously we're seeing i don't know if you guys have have seen the new big sur uh mac os that, that they've brought out but it's very kind of um touchy touchy feely they, they you know they're making it very similar to ios or ipad os in terms of all the switches buttons things like that they're much more touch focused and it, it makes me wonder if you know we're going to see this kind of merging of ios mac os they're going to become more and more alike and therefore we might be restricted on on what we gain access to yeah i definitely think that's on the cards i mean you can already run ios apps if they're being designed the right way on a mac can't you um and it's been a long time coming ever since steve jobs announced the ipad he said you know there's a there's a traditional computer or a laptop which is a truck You've got the phone, mm -hmm. and then you've got this iPad in the middle. Um, I, I guess from then, Apple's view was people don't want the trucks; they want something agile that they can use, like an iPad. But mm -hmm. you know, there's always the power users, and you know, they've just refreshed the um, 
the Mac Pros, haven't they? Um, so mm-hmm. obviously they still think there's there's a use case there. Um, but some of the tablets, I reckon, probably will move closer towards an iOS type architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the um, I think that the the kind of interesting thing, the great thing, I think, is that you're going to now hopefully see a lot of these iOS developers moving over and developing stuff for macOS. When you think of the the number of developers that know how to build for, for iOS, the fact that macOS is now going to get gain access to all of those developers could be quite interesting as well in terms of... Do you, do you think that's honestly a thing though, Dan? Because didn't, didn't Apple have a, a, a thing or a major issue back years back when, when they had power PCs? That they couldn't get the applications, and Windows was always seen as a superior platform because all of the superior apps or all of the apps that actually people wanted to use weren't yeah. available because they weren't compiled for Intel chipsets. Isn't that yeah. going to be the same thing? Because let's let's face it, the x eighty six and x sixty four platforms aren't going anywhere, right? Uh, there's too much infrastructure out there. Um, yeah. Enterprise infrastructure is always going to be Intel. An AMD. Oh, when you no, look at I, a... I completely disagree. So you, you're going to see massive processors and servers. Absolutely. You're gonna, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll, because because I'll of the power requirement on that, that you are not going to see that. Okay. Right here, right now, ten pound yeah, bet that in the next five years you will not see an ARM server. Yep. And what? Okay. What? Actually, hold on. I'll refrain that. You will not see one of the bigger vendors using ARM processors in the likes of hypervisors, right? You might see it in little NAS okay. drives. Yeah. I'll take that. Like that. I'll NAS take drives, that fine. Arms, I'll take that bet. ARM will be fine, but 10 quid. Yeah, 100%. Because because of the power, the power right? So you're going to see, right? How much Apple. power are we talking about? Let's face it. Apple are going to bring it. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not just the power. It's how much it costs to run those data centers, right? So if you can if you can reduce your power consumption by ninety percent, and 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 only take a ten percent hit on performance, like that just that just makes sense to do, right? So so like there's a reason why Apple are moving to ARM. And it's a lot to do with the fact that they have made their ARM chips better than Intel and making their Intel chips. Yeah, but you're talking 100%. about Apple, right? And how yeah, they're yeah. using right. their so own once... proprietary chips. What I'm seeing so is once... you probably won't see ARM, vanilla ARM, in large enterprise. Not not ARM that's been made by someone else, no. But what's going to stop HP from going, look at the performance that Apple are getting out of their devices like if we can if we can capture that and stick that in our servers why wouldn't they because I just because for the cost can't imagine because, because for the cost of an arm processor you, you you could for the cost of an intel processor you could buy say four arm processors right so if you can if you can reduce your power but actually increase your performance because now you've got four cpus not one for the same price and you're still taking sixty percent less power. It's a no-brainer. I, like, I see. But, I see that point. But this, this to me, is a similar conversation to what we've just had with Alan, when we're saying, "All right, well, in industrial Wi-Fi, why well, don't they yeah. just use the same thing?" It's the, our our industry 
is technology. X86 yep. and X64 is too dominant. There's too many application vendors out there. Absolutely. It w- um, that's why I said within the next five years. It might happen. <laughs> right? I still think and it will happen within five years. I really... Uh, I would right. be even... So- the happy iPad Pro. Increase. I would happy to increase the bet and tell you the, that it's not going to happen in the next five the, years. The interesting thing is, if you look at benchmarks for different processors now, yeah. um, Intel are way, way down the list. You know, it's, it's dominated yes. by AMD ARM type processors. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, but it's competition, isn't it? It's more Intel and AMD. It's you, you're playing shit with shit. Yeah, right. but if you, if you look at the they're, top they're Intel, other, but if if you think ARM have come in and then they're going to do this, big vendors like Apple are going to move, right? It's going to drive competition, and that's only a good thing. No, absolutely, but but I think that unless Intel sort themselves out, and I think you know they are going to lose a crap ton of money when Apple stop buying chips from them. You know, Apple aren't a small amount of what they of what they make. Um, so, you know, a lot of the money that they've had that they could have been putting into R&D is going to disappear overnight as well. So when you think so, of how far behind they are now and the fact that their budgets are going to get slashed, like, it's not and, looking good for and them. And if you, if you look so at the, the, the cost... and Xbox go for ARM? Sorry, mate, say that again. Why didn't the PlayStation or Xbox go for ARM? They had... The same amount of time as Apple to make this decision, but they didn't have the development because they couldn't. They couldn't get the development right. So, hey, what's Tesla running off of? ARM processor. What's Apple running off of? ARM processor. Like, uh, Tesla is IoT. Let's face it. What's IoT running off? Have you seen their computer? Have you not seen? Have you not seen their their hardware three computer they've got running? I'll mate, be honest, that thing no, is, right? But that, we're mate, talking about you need to research that because that thing would blow the socks off most things. Yeah, you, you, realistically, you're talking about a car, right? No, you're not. It, Honestly, yeah, have, you have, have because... research, research the computer that's inside a Tesla because it is massively powerful. I, I agree. It's doing, it's it doing powerful, everything on board. It, it's got a lot to do, but that's comparatively speaking. Like, when my missus asks me to do the housework, I home and haw and sling my arms around because I feel like there's loads to do. But it's a three-bedroom house. Like, really, like, how much is there to do? I'm not... I'm not. The way I sling my arms around and complain is if I'm cleaning <laughs> a hotel, right? I'm not. Sure. I'm cleaning a three-bedroom house. And that's the same thing. No, it's not. It's really not. Like, the the the... The, the processing power that you get from, I mean, Christian, you were just saying, like the, the processing power that you can get from an ARM processor compared to an equivalent cost Intel processor, they're miles apart, absolutely miles apart. And, and the, you know, they've already got that. At Apple have, in the iPad Pro, the new iPad Pro, that is faster than the MacBook Pro when you do a Gigabench score. But using, but what what are you going to do when in there's fact, not that many decent apps that are going to be able to use it? Well, that's what I'm saying. There will be because now they're bringing over every single iOS developer over to macOS. And not only that, mm. they've they've given 
Mac developers the opportunity to start developing now for ARM, and um, they even started shipping some. Uh, it was yeah. it was all all over online. People breaking NDAs, but they shipped um, some of the iPad Pro the chips inside. Uh, yeah, in, I think it was ever in Mac Mini or inside a MacBook, um, and it Mac absolutely, Mini. absolutely left the MacBook for dust. Right, and, and and what's hilarious about that is that is with it running the transition layer because mm. the the app, the Geekbench app that they're using, is a an x86 app. So that is with it still being hamstrung by the fact it has to translate everything using their Rosetta Stone software, and it still outperformed the Intel CPU. Yeah. Uh, and let's not forget. Maybe something's yeah. just a bit stuck in my ways. I don't know. But but Ryan, don't forget as well. The best supercomputer in the world right now, the fastest one, is a Japanese ARM-based supercomputer. As of <laughs> as of about two three week ago. But, it, but it's not in large enterprise, though, is it? It's it's in a must be in a no, large it's, enterprise. It's not going to take, take long. It's not going to take long. Dan doesn't get his tenner. Not. I, I've got five years, mate. Yeah, the big solicitors <laughs> down the road doesn't have a fucking supercomputer, does it? No, no, not yet. Right, okay. <laughs> maybe because I've because... just been a bit stuck in my ways, and maybe I won't understand it until I see it. I, yeah, because I, 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 I think I'm think... catching on the next five years. I really just, can't. just, just Google ARM supercomputer, and you can read about it. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> the, um, I, I, I think it's a, I think it is a big change, Ryan. I think that's that's the point. Is that I think with Apple making that that decision, it is going to make everyone else kind of go, oh, you know, maybe, do you, maybe do you think it's something it's that, we can do. That whole ethos of people don't know what they want until they've actually got it. That's absolutely. Yeah. And don't, don't underestimate how accessible ARM is. You know, you can spend 30 quid on a Raspberry Pi and you can start developing on it straight away with Windows. That's it. That's it. You can't do that with mm. Intel. I agree. I agree. Um, I just, for me, ARM is still, as I saw it with a Raspberry Pi when the first one came out, it was a hobbyist. Yeah. It's a fad. It's it's just not anymore. I think that's, that's it's for the vegans. Point. It's like <laughs> I think I think that's I think that is the point. Is that? But how do you Apple feel though, as an Apple consumer spending thousands upon thousands of pounds? Matt Starlin bought a MacBook this year. Mac Darren spent thousands on a brand new app, all Apple setup. Yeah. Now he's going to have the shittest one. Well, no, because I, I do, th- I do think he is because first... in true Apple fashion, they'll phase that out in the next release. It'll be, oh well, we don't really care about that one anymore, so we're just going to concentrate on ARM. That happens with any yeah. hardware you buy, though. Yeah, Apple, are, I, I... Apple are renowned for that, though. To be fair, yeah, they, they have an annual refresh cycle, so if you buy just before that, you'll get, yeah. you'll be out of date. Yeah, but yeah. the worst, yeah, you know. And I think, I think that. Um... Yeah, I I will probably buy an Intel Mac again, and I probably won't get the first ARM. Mac, uh, I probably will. I'll probably have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to kid here. Yeah, yeah. But, so maybe but, it is that will... thing. Maybe it's the first one isn't going to be that great. It's going to be fraught with bugs and, and it'll, stuff it'll like that. Apple, as... when yeah. they've always done their own hardware, have always had major issues. Look at when they did the iPhone. Yeah, the first. Uh, the the iPhone first gen where. Um, was was it the they did the, the ah yeah the, the yeah. way you had to hold it yeah, yeah yeah look at all that and then the turn well, no you just hold it wrong yeah yeah it's true <laughs> there is there is going to be that and I think for me 
that's what's going to stop it from being successful in the next five years. No, I, I the first bear in mind the first one comes out next year. No, it's the, the end of this year. End of this year is it? Yeah. Yeah. So the the first one will be for people like me, <laughs> and because I bought I bought the first iPhone, I bought the first Apple Watch, I bought the first iPad, you know. And the first gen hardware is always, ah, we've just learned loads of stuff. And then it's the second one when it, it makes that leap and becomes something that's good. Uh, you know, and the, the iPhone 3G was the first iPhone for most people. Yeah. And, and it might not be a MacBook, it might not be a Mac Pro, it's probably just going to be a Mac Mini or something like that. I mean, if you look at the transition kits, they're a very similar form factor to the Mac Minis. Um, and that might be sensible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a sensible place to start, really, isn't it? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be a Mac Mini and I think it'll be like a MacBook or a MacBook Air. MacBook will be yeah. the first things that come out. Yeah. Um, you know, basically an iPad with a keyboard and, and a mouse. But yeah, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes on. Okay, guys, right, we, the bell went ages ago. We should probably uh, wrap this up. It's back on now, is that one? <laughs> he just died. <laughs> Oh, you mean the, the last orders bell? Sorry, I thought you meant Yeah, the last orders bell went ages ago, yeah. <laughs> right, have a good week, guys. Thanks very much. Cheers now, bye. Cheers. Cheers.